and welcome to episode 39 of the Kicking Back Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Nathan Parker. Hello, Nathan. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here, sir. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's good well. to have you here, man. I'm very looking well. forward to hearing some of your sweet, mm. sweet poetry later. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good stuff. And of course, the pleasure we have, will be all mine. Uh, the, yeah, the pleasure <laughs> will be mine as well. <laughs> and Matthew Campbell. Hello. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good, yeah. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm also glad to have you here. Yeah. It's nice to have some of the old guard. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah, man. So, Nathan, for the people at home that don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Hey, I am from Blackpool. Always like to get that in. Let's get that yeah. straight in yeah. there. Proud seaside. Yeah. From Blackpool, I'm an I'm a independent author and spoken artist. Uh, by, by night and by day, I'm a youth worker. And, cool. The next adventure ahead for me is to combine those two things together. Nice. So how long have you been doing the spoken word? Spoken word for? spoken word came about for me through lockdown, believe it or not. Okay. Um, right. I, 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 my previous encounters with literacy was, was young adult fiction, a couple of novels that I wrote, which were... Fortunately, shortlisted for Lancashire Book of the Year. But both of them ended up shortlisted uh, for Lancashire Book of the Year. But in the first instance, the first one, uh, which I wrote and self-published, and I did that so that I could get a copy for my mum. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, people started buying it. And then it was, it was, it was shortlisted for this amazing award um, in Lancashire, which is voted for by Year Nines across the county. It's for their Young Adult Fiction Book of the Year. And that was probably a moment where I thought, oh, okay, right. I, I'm not just a guy who's written a book. I'm actually an author. I'm, I'm a, yeah. you know, a creative writer. And schools and, and different people wanted me to come in and, and deliver workshops and stuff like that around this whole identity of, of being a normal lad that's actually into creative writing and, and, and has, has, has turned that into a, a product. And then lockdown hit. And right. I didn't have any, I'd found so much in the creative writing and and connecting with people around that that I didn't have an outlet right. so I went back to the drawing board and and I kind of came back to this idea of of, of of maybe writing a book is is a long process writing a poem is, is you could do it in well you could do it in 10 minutes you know, yeah. and that instant gratification was quite infectious so i started mm. to think well maybe if i just did a little bit more of that mm. and then this idea of, of, of recording myself and putting it out there to connect with people that way uh happened and and people started to connect and, and it gained a little bit of traction and added another string to the bow with regards to creative writing and literacy and became a literacy champion for blackpool and yeah the spoken words thing just sort of took off uh, from a social media perspective and people started saying oh would you do this live when things start opening up right yeah yeah, yeah. and i was like yeah like my, my the little kid inside of me that was like a little performer that but never really got to do that kind of stuff because i went to an all-boys school and right yeah that kind of thing was uh yeah quickly brushed away in in the interest of not ending up down a toilet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so rediscovering this kind of like, yeah, I've, I've always been a bit of a storyteller and, and, and I like, you know, yeah. well, I guess my dad would probably say I like being centre of attention and yeah, dad, you're right. 
<laughs> and so this yeah. idea of being on a stage and, and doing doing poetry was like, fuck, yeah, go on, I'll have a bit of that. Then the rea- realisation of actually what that meant dawned on me when I sat in a crowd in Manchester for the first time thinking, fuck, I've got to get up there and do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and, right. And that's ha- right. How, how was yeah, it? Was fucking yeah. mint. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I thought you were going to have fucking shat myself. No, it, it was, was terrible. It was, it was so yeah. good. Uh, I, I shared that, you know, it's my first time doing that and, and the response from from the crowd afterwards when I came back off stage and was chatting. You know how you mingle. Yeah, you know, yeah. Some really lovely feedback. Just just people connecting with some of the messages yeah. that, that, that I included in, in some of my pieces. And, and that's, that's generally what I try to do. I, I don't, I don't uh, sell myself as this kind of master technician of the English language. Yeah. You only need to read some of my shit and you'd realise that I'm absolutely not that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in terms of taking experiences, personal, social, political, different things that are going on and then translating them into words that may mean something to people, that that's kind of what I've, I've tried. That's the craft I've tried to fine tune as opposed yeah. to worrying too much about the, the technical side of it yeah definitely That's, it's interesting because obviously we, we we've had other spoken word people on before and there's there's seems to be a bit of a theme of people picking it up over lockdown <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Um, it was either that or fucking banana bread weren't it oh. <laughs> you <do both. laughs> did you do the banana bread thing i didn't no okay didn't, no. it was poetry or, or yeah, that yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. i think there's a poem in that just so it's something you've never it's funny that it, i always think it's strange that these things like kind of pop up out of nowhere yeah seemingly do you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah. Um, is, was there any sort of people before you started doing it was there any like people that you'd seen doing a similar thing people that like inspired you and you're like okay, yeah you know. I, yeah i mean obviously I, if you're from round here, everybody, everybody will reference Tony Walsh, won't they? Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Just watch him a second ago. And yeah. J- JB Barrington, yeah, he's fucking mint as well. Yeah. And uh, a, f- a fellow called Mark Grist, who is from Peterborough. He was a teacher, and then he's he's, he's uh, so his story. I, I'm not hundred percent sure on this. So Mark, if you're watching, I apologise if I get this wrong, but. Pretty sure that he tipped up to like a rap battle kind of situation with in his teacher outfit, like his suit and tie and all that. And obviously right. all the younger, cooler kind of artists were maybe laughing at him and, and stuff. And he's gone in and absolutely smashed it out of the park and it's ended up going viral on YouTube. And then yeah. he's ended up stepping away from teaching and going into this career of being a, a spoken artist, poet. And he does a really good poem called It's Still a Fucking Poem. And that... It, it links to a lot of the stuff we were talking about just previously and before we came on air, which is this idea that stop trying to refine poetry so much that it becomes unaccessible. You know, his, yeah. his, his thing is it, it could be this, it could be that, it could be the other, but it's still a fucking poem. It could yeah. be this, it could be that. And it, and, it, and, it, and it carries that theme throughout the poem. I took a lot of hope from that. Yeah. I took a lot of inspiration and thought, yeah, go on, Mark. Yeah, yeah I'll have a bit of that. So, yeah, I, I, I can't say I sat there watching, you know, reels and reels of spoken artists. Yeah. But on the same token, when I did see, what obviously, John Cooper Clark and, and, and people like that. But it wasn't like I went to spoken word nights and, and know some of the incredible people that I know now. 
you know, I think before getting into this, I think there was always something missing. There's always something missing for me. I'm quite open about my my struggles with mental health and this idea of of being congruent or incongruent and, 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 you know, operating inside and outside your true self. Yeah. And I think I've gone quite a long time learning how to behave and be as a person based on other people's expectations. And I think there was always something missing. You know, I had a brilliant life. Good upbringing, had its challenges, but hasn't everybody's, you know, wife, kid, car, job. On the outside, everything seemed rosy. Mm. But there was something missing. And I ended up having a breakdown. This was this was before. So again, this could have been a trigger for kind of thinking, fuck it, I'm going to write some poems and speak them on social media. Who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. Because I came out of the other side of that breakdown four or five months later on medication, having been through counselling and, and, and with a whole new outlook of maybe things don't have to be perfect. Mm. You know, maybe I don't have to. Uh, maybe I can drop the ball. Yeah, you know, maybe I don't need to make man. sure everything's okay. Mm. So I think um, I think that was probably also a, a reason for for giving it a go mm. when it comes to to spoken to the spoken word yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when you first like kind of started writing all this poetry, was it like mainly about mental health? Do you think was it more like kind of therapeutic? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. A, a big a big chunk of of, of my my poems are you know. Yeah. influenced by my own experiences yeah. i find i find solace in in making sense of, of what's going on inside my head by writing it down uh, uh, it's almost like processing information mm. there's a million thoughts going around me i know it's cliche yeah. but best way to it's just like oh like fog is there yeah. it's just cloudy i can't see yeah anything mm, there's so yeah. much going on but i don't yeah. know what's going on yeah and yeah totally. by writing yeah. about something it allows me to process it and yeah. just almost park it over there. So yeah. even the yeah. stuff I do around, you know, social commentary or political stuff, that's me taking my frustrations or my confusion and putting it into words and then, yeah, processing it, compartmentalizing it and then moving forward. And by yeah. sharing it, the feedback I get is, oh shit, that's exactly what I was thinking. Mm. You know, you found the words that I couldn't kind of thing. And that, you can't put a price on that for me yeah, to be able to do that for people. So. Yeah, I think um, it was rooted in, 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 in mental health, but also mm. I think I found that uh, cathartic element yeah. and thought, yeah. oh, I could use this. Yeah. So my first, my, the first poem I wrote, uh, I went, I dropped to part-time in my job because I had this interest because of the books and the creative writing and I had the interest from schools. Yeah. And I had like eight schools lined up across the Northwest and I thought, right, I've been in this job, it's made me ill, I'm going to drop to part-time. I still enjoy it, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want my life to be ruled by it. And I'm going to go and do my own thing. And then lockdown hit. And then the schools were like, we're closing, mate. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> the first like gamble I've taken in my whole life, you know, yeah, it's like, it's gone fuck, I've got mortgage yeah. to pay. I've got a child to feed. So I ended up going back in time and, and doing night shifts for a kids, for kids homes. My mate's got a few, a few kids homes. He said, I've got some shifts. It's the graveyard shift. You have to stay awake all night. I was like, I'll do whatever. Yeah. I've got bills to pay, mate. And I was sat there at four o'clock in the morning. And yeah, I just thought, I'm going to have a bash at, 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 at 
writing some of these things. I was sort of sat there feeling sorry for myself, thinking, what the fuck am I doing? I've gone 10 years back in my career. I've mm. taken a gamble. It's not paid off. You're stupid for even thinking that it could, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. You, you had a good job. You had security. Why, why have you kind of turned away from that? So I, I started just, just writing on my phone and I ended up producing a poem called Fatherhood. And it was a poem about being a dad. And I think that was my way of reminding myself why I'd taken the risk, but also why I was sat doing a night shift yeah. in a kid's home because I'm a father and I've got a child to feed. I've got children now, but at the time it was just the one. And I wrote this poem called Father and I was like, that's actually, I'm really proud of that. And that's the first one that I shared on my social media. I didn't speak it, just shared it as text. And I think it was from a few comments and stuff that made me think, oh, what, I might write another one. And then yeah. slowly that grew into into speaking. But it was things that mean something to me. Yeah. Just going yeah. back to your question, things that, that yeah. and, and that's one of my biggest messages with, with, with anything to do with storytelling. It's trust your lived experiences. Yeah. Don't, I think people think that there's no new ideas. Every story's been told, but it's not been told by us. So yeah. that's what makes it unique, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I feel definitely. like I'm going into, like, Instagram ins- inspirational quotes here. No, 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 <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know no, what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not... Yeah. So trust your lived experience and write about it. Mm-hmm. Chances are someone else is going to go, I that, can relate to that, that. That's it, yeah. And, like, the word he kept using itself is connection. Mm-hmm. And that, that's so, so important, isn't it? Like, it has to connect with people. It resonates with people. So if, you, if you're talking about your honest experiences and you're being really authentic about it, like it would be hard not to connect with other people because we're basically all like in the same yeah. place. Like you want to feel like you're alone with a lot of things, but it's just not true, is it? Like, no, definitely. Um, so when you, especially if you have like the kind of bravery to talk about mental health and just be really honest, like these are my experiences. Usually you end up pulling other people through hard times as well through that. So yeah, uh, yeah. such an inspirational thing. There's a, so I've got a, a family that reached out to, so one of the other things that I do, I'm a, a, like an ambassador for a, mental health charity in Blackpool it's called Elliot's Place and it's a uh, community well it will be a community still in its kind of forming stage at the mm. minute but it'll be a community of men young men that support other young men uh, nothing to do with a service no assessments no forms no waiting lists just lads supporting other lads through conversation through activity and unfortunately um, Elliot is a young man from Blackpool who, who lost his battle with mental health last right. year. And the family reached out to get me involved with writing a poem for his celebration because some of the words that I'd shared, they'd resonated with and found comfort in. And, and um, from there, that snowballed into me becoming an ambassador for this charity and, and, and us really kind of moving forward with, with developing that. So it's got, we've got a building and we're moving into building the community side now. So right. the connection is... is, is, is it's got no bounds, really. It's got no bounds. You know, you yeah. think, oh, well, it's, if someone shares it on social media, that that's great. But right the way through to somebody reaching out to create such a powerful moment like that, mm. it's, uh, it's not to be overlooked, no, you I know, and, and I don't think you can, yeah. you can put all the, um, all the kind of, uh, what, what's the, like technical elements you want on poetry and, 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 and make it as far, you know, reach, you know, as unreachable as possible mm. but why would you want to do that that's it bro. when you can yeah. do exactly yeah. what i've just described yeah. with with yeah, with telling stories through mm-hmm. free verse or spoken word or poetry mm. or whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah. <laughs> sitting there and telling a story based yeah. on lived experience 
it's powerful stuff. Yeah, definitely, especially for young people as well. Like if you're going into schools and doing the youth work and, and all these things, because uh, I think a lot of young people probably like act out uh, when they feel like they can't express themselves properly, and, they, and they've never been taught how to. Or yeah. Maybe even they've been told that they're not supposed to. Yeah. yeah, it's probably more of a problem with guys as well. Yeah. Absolutely, in, in, you know, like culturally, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where it's cutting through. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Lads are angry and disruptive. <laughs> the girls are emotional, and you know that's the, oh, that's yeah, the stereotype. It's, and it's stereotype, just like yeah, yeah. a lad, a girl, you know, cutting a wrist is the same as a lad punching a wall. They're both forms of self harm and yeah. a way to try and manage emotion through taking back some kind of control. To just completely categorize differently. Both are a travesty, but what's yeah, more of a travesty exactly, is that yeah. we can't recognise that the same, same behaviour, just, 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 just right, right. a different mechanism. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to go because obviously we did talk about it a bit before the podcast, but do you want to tell us a little bit, like, so when you're going into the schools and stuff, like, what sort of stuff you're doing in the workshops? Stuff? I thought it was really interesting. I think people would like to to hear about it a bit more. Yeah, when. Like I say before, when when schools approached me, um, I got a bit of imposter syndrome. Even mm. though I'd written a book and it had been shortlisted for an award, I, I thought, "What can I go in and teach young people?" You know, yeah. when they've got English teachers that have got degrees in in the English language, what what can I possibly go in? So I sat and thought it through and thought, "Well, what 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 are you good at? And what 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 do you know about?" And my main the, the main undercurrent of of anything that I go in and do, whether that's a session on narrative writing, whether it's on poetry, is all about taking things back to the most simple format, which is telling a story yeah. and, and and trying to take away some of those academic barriers that might exist for young people when it comes to writing, reading, you know, any kind of literacy. You look at poetry, and you know, way back when it's in its original form, it was a spoken art form it was you know people telling tales of war and battle and and, and different you know uh, stories from other worlds and and all that kind of stuff and and they put rhythm and rhyme in it so that they could remember it yeah you know and yeah that that, that to me is a bit more like what what i'm talking about mm. and then what came later was the aesthetics when they wrote them down and poetry needed to look a certain way it needed to be a certain way uh, and that's why it carries a lot of that um a lot of that kind of stuff like gravitas i guess yeah 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 it does yeah that 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 gravitas good word i like that uh and and maybe it's lost a bit of that accessibility to Mm. to 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 regular folk and i agree i think i think the sessions within schools are all about trying to regain some of that interest and motivation and enabling young people to feel able to pick up a pen, write it down, or stand up and share a story that means something to them mm. through, you know, a really basic form of, of, of free verse or poetry or, 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 like I say, whatever you want to call it. But, but, but the mechanism's there, you know. Mm. It's, it's pick something, write it down, write down everything you want to say about that topic. I mean, this is, this is my process for poetry. Write down every, everything I want to say about that topic and then pick out, little moments of you know little rhymes or or little bits themes that go together right and start to build sentences and swap around and move them around and and before you know it you build a story and and that's that's all i just 
break that down and share that with young people. You know, there's no yeah. mystique with with my process. I don't want to lock myself in a ivory tower somewhere <laughs> with my, really? you know, <laughs> floral tea and just, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. get in the zone for three weeks before I write a poem. It's just whatever comes, write down, mm-hmm. pick out some bits and pieces and start to structure it. And that's that's all I'm doing with young people and showing them that it's yeah. possible and that they are capable. Yeah. I don't think I had ever had anything like that. I was going to say, I wish I had something yeah, like that when I, in, when I was in school as well. I had, had such a bad reputation that like, if, you, if you told, if you ever, like as, as a, like a young adult told your friends that you would, you would stand to write poetry, they would be like, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah, why what, would you ever want to do why that? Why would you want to do that? Why yeah. would you want to put yourself through that? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you want to express yourself with words? That sounds... I think I, I play on that. Yeah. I start off by saying, right, poetry, what do they think? Come on, tell me what you mean. Yeah. Think, oh, it's boring, it's too hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, go on, what did you think when Miss said you had the poet coming in to talk to you? Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck that. Yeah. And all that, you know, and then, and, then, and, and, you, and you build that and then yeah. say, right, what would you say if you're going to write a poem today? Oh, I can't do that. Right. And then after the hour, when collectively we've wrote a poem on the, on the big whiteboard about something that they can connect with, hmm. they're like, Oh fucking hell! Yeah, it's not that bad after all. Actually, yeah. it, is, it is. It is. It is doable. But obviously, it comes with a caveat of: listen, your teachers are going to teach you about certain types of poems that have got certain rules, and you need to listen to that if you want to pass your exams. Yeah. That's only a tiny little part of yeah. creative writing. Yeah. And there's so much more out there that you can do with words. That's so, there's a lot of that undercurrent to to any any. I mean, we'll frame a session depending on the school and the pupils' needs and, you know, what outcomes they're looking for. But a lot of the messages are the same around lived experience, you know, strip away that complication that comes with a lot of academia, get back to its core purpose and practice, you know, practice, 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 and progress, not perfection. Don't wait for permission, just fucking do it. And it's not going to be the best, but so what? Who cares? <laughs> Kick on. Try, yeah, try, yeah. try again next yeah. time. I wish I'd, I'd had someone like you sooner. Definitely, because <laughs> I, like, I think, like, but you started writing poetry recently. Haven't you? I, yeah. I, I've been writing lyrics for a while now, like, which is kind of, I guess, crossing the border kind of thing. And it's always that thing of it's not perfect enough, or it's not like I'm not saying the thing I want to say in the best way possible. So therefore, yeah. it's, it's useless. Like, what's the point? Kind of, um, whereas, yeah, just progress. It, like, it gets better like, yeah. the more you do it and everything like that. I, I, and I, I, I'll tell myself this. I'm stood there yeah. in front of yeah. 30 young people t- saying all this. Yeah, you need to do this. And then I'll be there on my phone going, it's just not right. It's not yeah. good enough. Yeah. It needs to be better, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'm telling myself this most of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting you say about lyrics because uh, I've, I've just collaborated on a song recently with a band mm-hmm. from Blackpool yeah. who... Um, you know, they, they, they released a song called Rat Race to Spotify and then I supported them at a hometown gig uh, in July. All right. And then they approached me and said, we want you to rewrite our song. Um, we'll keep the choruses in. You do what you want with the with the verses. And it's just, you know, so got to got to work on writing. And it came like that. It just came, and I just—I must have wanted to say whatever it was that that was in there. Yeah. It just came like that, boom, 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 and then by the next week we'd had it recorded and gone out on Spotify, and we did a we did a charity gig at the Winter Gardens in Blackpool. Oh yeah. And they asked yeah. me to to go on. I was comparing and doing a bit of poetry and stuff in between acts, and we went on and performed it, and it was fucking well good. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wow! I've yeah. always loved music. Yeah, and just thought that 
oh, but it's so out of my reach to be able to create music because I don't know how to write music, I don't know how to play music. Yeah. But by being in, by just being allowed to be involved in it that little yeah. bit, I was like, that's yeah. mint. Yeah. <laughs> it is me, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thank God for that mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, bro. <that's laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's just yeah. like the the year yeah. of saying yes. I'm just like saying yes to stuff. Yeah. Like even coming here, you know, coming yeah. here, driving over. Do, 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 you know, don't didn't know you guys before today. Yeah, you know, that seems really silly, but in, to a lot of people, that's like what you, you don't know them, and you're gonna go over and have a chat on a yeah. podcast that's gonna go out live on. And it's just like, yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm just yeah. gonna do it. Yeah. Just, you know, what's the worst that can happen? That, yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Isn't it? And but, why, why would it stop you trying? Even yeah. what's gonna happen? That's not an excuse to not try, is it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's that thing of like, um, just not listening to that fucking idiot in your head. That I always describe as the five-year-old petulant child in your head that tells you you can't do things yeah. and like that shit, and it's not mm. good enough. It's just like. Like I sort of my my dawning realization over lockdown as well, a bit of like a, a sort of a breakdown, and then just realize that that voice isn't like me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not my. I'm not in control of it. Yeah. At all. Like none of us are. But like, I always thought that was me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. as soon as you like step back, you just like you just like watch yourself, and you're like, it's going to about some and then and you're like, yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know, you, I you just catch yeah. it, and then yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. It, the thing is, it's so enticing. Yeah. Because it, it sounds like, well, for me anyway, in my head, it sounds like me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So uh, you do catch yourself just daydreaming about something, or like, do you know what I mean? Something negative, or something. Yeah. For me, it's always like work. It's always like, oh, you need to do that. Oh, you've not done mm. that. Yeah, and you exactly. just, you just take a step back, and you're like, oh, fuck, man, this yeah. happened again. Yeah. And it's just so funny, like. I felt like I spent so much of my life like being dictated to by this thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we've all got the same thing and the more people I talk to about it, uh, you know, they, they look at it from different approaches, like, you know, whether it's like a spiritual thing yeah, or yeah. like you said, like you're do, expressing it through your through your writing and stuff. It, it's, it's like everyone, it's all pointing to the same thing, you know. We all just have this stupid, stupid monkey brain. Yeah. yeah. That just like just... Uh, yeah. Constantly, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's the whole kind of sensing threat, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. so anything that could be perceived as a threat, so us, us failing at something or getting something wrong yeah. or being ridiculed or whatever, that's our brain, isn't it? Saying, oh, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. need to do that. Yeah. Make sure you do that. Or, yeah. And that, I think, by what you've just described there, which is catching yourself, I, I, I never caught myself. For, yeah. for 10, 10 years, ten probably long over ten years. I bet it was close to fifteen years. Never caught myself. Mm. Just went down the, just went down with it. And it wasn't until I sat in counselling, and she said, "Right, you need to when you catch yourself thinking like that." I was like, "What do you mean when you catch yourself? Catch like, when you, when, well, when you realise that you're thinking like that, you need to, you need to, to stop and say, right, you're thinking like that. Yeah, and look at the facts of the situation. Yeah. Don't catastrophize and stuff. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, I could." So I could actually stop my thoughts from going, you know, mm. I, and I know that sounds really ridiculous, but that, that was a real breakthrough moment for yeah. me. That was like, yeah. and I'd, I'd be washing up and I'd be like, ah, you're doing it, you know, <laughs> yeah. actually out loud, you know, yeah. you're doing it. Come yeah. on, look at the facts of the situation and just play out the facts and then be like, it, it just kind of comes to that realisation that you're being, that, that voice inside isn't, 
isn't right on yeah. this occasion. Yeah, yeah. and you yeah. know, when you are listening to this, you you're missing, you're missing life. Yeah, as it goes by, do you know what I mean? And I, I always think this, like when I'm on like the tram or something, I'm just like I get myself into like a good, you know, clear headspace. I just look out the window and like there's, there's like a nice sunset or something. And I'm like, this is this is beautiful, man. And I look around and people are like on the on the phones yeah. or I'm like, you're missing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's happening right now. And it's like I think you know the this whole thing of like being on your phone, social media really doesn't, doesn't help. help. No, not no. it feeds that yeah. monster, man. It, it, yeah. it, it, yeah, it's, it's horrible. You're craving attention, uh, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's but a, it's, there's studies in it to suggest it's similar withdrawal symptoms to coke yeah you know which <laughs> yeah apparently it's it's rings really true <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that that yeah. that like anxiety of of, of, of something happening that, that, that's mm. not and that yeah. thirst for you know validation yeah. and, and reassurance yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. is 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 there in it yeah, it's man. so close and you yeah. only need to lose your phone for five minutes and you oh yeah oh fuck where's my phone shit yeah. i need to check what 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 do you need to check yeah. you don't need to check anything yeah, exactly you're I'm... convinced that mm. you do yeah so the, the education thing because social media is amazing as well on the, on the flip side but you just want everyone from a really young age especially because like most kids probably from like 12 have an iphone now right and they're already like probably think... wanted to get into instagram well <laughs> that's probably top end of it you know yeah, yeah. i reckon yeah. it's younger yeah, than that it's mild, yeah, okay. it, i was trying to be conservative but, yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> you, you want everyone to just like buy into it as a tool and maybe they like, obviously um if you watch like social dynamics stuff they're not they're far from private like they can't be really, really touched. so there's a lot of work to be done with social media but as a concept if you have everyone going into the mindset of they're already good enough they don't why do you need validation yeah, like, the validation yeah. thing always comes down to You'd have to, you'd need someone to be worse than you so you can be better than yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why are you putting other people down? Like, no. How do you know they're worse than you? Yeah. All these like really funny questions come up, don't they? So if you get past that, then it's purely just like an expressive tool and you yeah. can just share things. I I love like putting things on Instagram now and just doing it like for no purpose. And if you enjoy it, then I've made your night slightly better. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, and I say that, but I still have a thing of like, <laughs> yeah, <Yes. laughs> like, that comes creeping in, and it's like, wait, yeah. why would that again? Why would it stop you from trying? So yeah, you don't. It, the validation thing is ridiculous because you don't even have to be better than anyone else, and you would never even know whether you, there is no leaderboard. I know. You know that someone sat on top of. And, it's all yeah. inside your own. It's that voice. Yeah. When you have a relationship with yourself, you say, "There's me and there's myself." And if you say, "I love myself" or "I hate myself," it's like, who the hell is this self? And yeah. who's the one who's going around loving it? And yeah, all yeah, like, yeah. You know, so you can. You can be talking to yourself and saying you're the worst. Like who? Yeah. <laughs> if that's me, though, they're saying it. Um, I had this conversation with this singer called Sam Seth, and we we're just like bouncing off each other with it, and we we're both just going like yes. Like so, obviously, yeah. I love that when you when you realise how not alone with it you are. Yeah, like, yeah. And that voice, like it, it got, it gets a lot of people so far now because it it can motivate you to do more. So I think a part of it is maybe your subconscious is saying you are capable of more, and and the way that that comes through is this. But then. You need to you need to be okay with yourself too. Yeah. yeah, there's no point saying you're capable of more. So therefore, um, you're never gonna land. There's always gonna be something. You know, yeah, do yeah. you guys have that like if you've achieved something and like say it was like a recite or something like that, you're working at it for months and you thought that was gonna be the moment when you've landed. You know, yeah. So I'll achieve this and then I'll and feel. That's, that's that's it, yeah. And then that lasts for like a day, two seconds, <laughs> <laughs> two seconds maybe. It's a void, isn't it? Yeah. It's a void after yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. After, yeah, I did yeah. it. I did. It's funny you say that. I did a poem called "Searching for the Clearing." Which is mm. all about you just always just searching for that. If I can yeah. get through this, yeah. if I get through this moment, I'm white knuckling it for now. But right, if I can yeah. get through this, 
then I'll be yeah. all right. That's yeah. what that poem's about. Yeah. Yeah. But I could, so I could definitely relate to that. Yeah. And the, the self-talk thing is 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 so important. Mm-hmm. You know, we I think we have this thing, don't we, being British of like low self-esteem tennis. It's mm. like, you know, you were, oh yeah, oh, oh my new poem's shit. You know, 15 <laughs> love and then you say, oh, you think yours poem's bad you yeah. want to hear my new song 15 <laughs> all oh, yeah. i tried practicing mine last night and my, oh, my yeah. voice was wobbling 30 yeah. 15 yeah. Yeah, exactly. you know yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't even remember yeah. my chords and <laughs> it's just this whole race to the bottom to see yeah. who's the worst yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that's just weird yeah. i mean the opposite end is is, is americans they have yeah. no problem with that yeah but i guess it's somewhere in the middle would be quite yeah quite nice yeah, yeah. yeah that's I'm it, fine man. i'm fine as it <laughs> I'll, I'll try my hardest and yeah. I'll give back to people as much as I can and make the world a better place. And I'm also just fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so simple, doesn't it? Yeah, it's simple when you say it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I know, yeah. you try By the way, that. I do not have this down at all. This is just like I know. what I'm going for. I know, man. <laughs> yeah. Right, Nathan. We're going to chat some more shit in a bit. But first, we're going to hear some of your sweet, sweet poetry. So do, do you want to make yourself a... Get over there, bro. Yeah. Get yourself ready. Sweet. Um, and then we'll we'll hear some of those delightful poems we've been talking about. Um, but yeah, if you are enjoying what you see, then please subscribe to us on YouTube. We're going to be having different episodes every week. We've got spoken word artists. We've got musicians coming on. We've got painters. We've got all sorts of things. We are also doing a mental health, like four episodes special this month. We're going to be recording this month and then putting them out later on. We're going to be speaking to psychologists, um, mindfulness teachers, all sorts of things, just uh, all based around this sort of stuff. If you find it helpful, then, you know, tune in on YouTube. There's episodes will be coming out. You can listen to them on a podcast. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. Matt? I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be good, man. I was just thinking it's just so funny thinking when we met, like, can't remember, many years ago, seven years ago. Might be eight. We would not have talked about anything like this. Uh, no, uh, no definitely not like in a kind of unapologetic way like and definitely not being totally honest um which is very exciting isn't it when you think i, I don't know if it wasn't for lockdown maybe it would have taken longer as well like yeah it, like it's kind of like the more life challenges you probably the more you, you can be brought out of it as well I, I definitely feel like there's an element of like you have to go a certain amount you have to go through enough bullshit yeah. to like to be like ah this is where the bullshit line is and then yeah, you, you exactly. go past that yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, totally. so I feel like there is a, an element of like needing to to get you know what I mean yeah. like get yeah, to yeah, that much yeah. and then but I know what you mean it's, no. I think lockdown even though it's shit <laughs> it's done a lot of favours for a lot yeah. of people yeah. definitely man how you feeling Nathan are you feeling ready okay bro well uh, people at home what camera were we on George I can't bloody see middle one Oh, that one. Okay. There's no light on it for some reason. Um, Nathan's going to be performing some of his poetry in a second. We're just going to have a short little break, and then you'll hear some of this lovely stuff. So we'll see you in a second for some poetry. Goodbye. Hello. 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 Hello, and welcome to the Kicking Butt Podcast.
so this one's called Man Up. We men are made up by a series of bullshit folk stories, passed down from generation to generation, predetermining our vision of glories, innately protective of our territories whilst aimlessly trying to live up to society's masculine inventories. We're taught that we should stand our ground and fight, but overlooked is the fact it pays to be bright, to first see the light in others before exercising our claims of being hard and hunting at night. Smoking weed is sold as a statement of teenage prominence, living the dream through playground dominance, bonding over the highs and establishing commonness. But they forget to mention that for some of us it messes with our head in those quiet moments when we're filled with dread. But we'll follow our mates down the rabbit hole anyway because we're easily led. Drinking hard and drinking fast, the promise that the party days will forever last. Yet childlike innocence is lost with every single glass until we're supping back to suppress the past. Sniffing, popping, dabbing too, whatever's knocking about amidst the crew. I'm not saying that recreational drugs are going to ruin you, but if use increases beyond the odd few, there's a greater chance of us feeling blue. And nobody ever stopped to tell us the realities in our youth. But whilst having a great time and burning down the roof, we may grow up trapped in a cycle of drink and drug association, and that's the truth. Men get depressed. Men feel the weight, anxiety-ridden and consumed with self-hate whilst we sit there worrying and overthinking our fate. Treat them mean and keep them keen. Warped ideas of relationships, possessive and green. Porn doesn't help, it sets an unhealthy scene. Unrealistic expectations rooted by the age of 16. That men should be this and women should do that. That sex is about all kinds of crazy shit when you go into bat. If only we were taught that love is about care, about respect and about building a peaceful habitat. A young lad like you, you should be out sowing your seed, hungry for validation, acceptance, fulfilling an unmet need. Insecurities manifest though and play out as immature greed, texting at speed, a shameful deed. Boys will be boys by order or decreed. And don't forget the pressure accrued by looking the part. Chiselled abs, pecs and arms before we even start. Is that what matters or what's inside our heart or if we're thinking smart? Maybe that's what should count on the masculinity chart. Provide for our families. Be a good sport. Remember all the things that we've been taught before we're sold down the river for fast cars, expensive clothes and the shoes we should never have bought. Down to the bookies for an acre. Something we learned pretty hasty. The favourite in the 315 at Haydock looks pretty tasty. Flashing the cash, wages gone in a dash. Chasing losses and being rash. Popping champagne with our winnings was such a catch until we're punting on the dogs, the horses and how many fucking corners there's going to be in a match. Then drowning in sorrow as our savings disappear down the hatch. Brave smiles and conversation filler. All the while, thoughts are getting shriller. Is it any wonder that so many succumb to the silent killer? And so when it all gets too much, the drink, the drugs, the money, the image, we don't dare to cry. Men are supposed to be strong and tears were deceived to defy. No matter how desperate and hard we try, we just don't feel confident enough to ask why. We're expected to man up, to solve it all and to be that guy. Of course, none of this is set in stone. The struggle is real, but we're not on our own. We need to normalise that it's okay for men to have a little moan. Maybe eat a little bit better, get some fresh air and spend... Less time on our phone. Perhaps lasting change can occur if the 
wisdom from our mistakes is available to loan, but whatever it is, the next generation of young men need to be freed from the prehistoric burdens of masculinity on their quest to be grown. Nice one, nice one. This, uh, so that, obviously, is exactly what it says on the tin. It's my experiences of, of masculinity growing up, the pressures that are accrued and trying to do the right thing or figuring out what the right thing is uh, over the course of your teenage years. And, um, yeah, try to put that down into a few words. Uh, this next one's called Working Class. Don't dismiss or pity me because I'm working class. Because we both have to work, me and our lass. Because my granddad drank in boozers that were supplied by bass. You know, we just get things done without fuss or sass. If it was up to me, I'd smash straight through that ceiling of glass. Our nation, nay, the world, built by people of our stature, yet our collective efforts and achievements seem reluctantly captured. Instead, the upper echelons of our so-called civilised society would rather fracture our commonalities our resolve, our love and our rapture. Graffiti art, the rag and bone cart, on our sleeves we wear our heart with 100% effort given to everything, no matter our part. Terraced houses made of Accrington brick, key workers galore making our country tick, tough times and struggles just trying to make things click, whilst the cabinet release another loaded statement made by the next pompous prick. I take objection to any surprise that we might be intelligent. Because what? We went to schools that, let's just say, aren't the most elegant. Or because in the more simple things we find a cause to become celebrant. Maybe it's just because our lives and our wisdom to the elite just ain't that fucking relevant. The promenade stalls, the overalls, the rise and falls of our emotional walls. We might have moved on from meat and two veg. Or our car might have the latest reg but we're bound by an age-old working-class pledge to take care of our own, especially those close to the edge. Lower-paid jobs having to work twice as hard, from positions of power we're exclusively barred, dancing with the devil of debt and his credit card. Before some of us are even born, our fate is sealed, our brush is tarred. The high street, worn feet, the stories from the people we meet, and the imprint of an old man's arse on his favourite seat. As kids, we'd be equals and play in the park. Till the lights came on and the cobbled streets turned dark. Before the innocence of childhood and having a lark was replaced by being told where, when and at who we should bark. Workers' rights and union action. Our comparative wages are only a fraction. So escaping to the weekend is a recurring reaction because making memories in those carefree moments just provides us with so much more traction. Tired frowns, hand-me-downs, the immersion's on, get into your dressing gowns, beans on toast, not likely to boast, a ritual Sunday roast, working-class people, the people I love the most. Nice one. Uh, so this, I'm going to do one more, if that's all right, guys. And... Uh, this is probably the one that catapulted me into into this arena where I'm performing live gigs and coming on podcasts and shit like that. So we'll chat about that. 
afterwards. But yeah, this one, some people say it's grim up north, and I say fuck off. This one, this one's called to be northern. Let me tell you a story why I'm proud to be from up here. We stand together in times of fear, put the world to rights over a pint of beer. You see, the northern spirit is unique. We greet strangers with a cheer. Our sense of humour is top and we say things are dead good. Got to have gravy on everything if you're from our neighbourhood. We do things for folk and don't expect a fee. Just maybe a slice of cake and a nice strong cup of tea. And we make the time to ask, how are you doing? And how's your Lee? Rita, Sue and Bob too, talking about local bands that are new. Getting to know somebody you've just met in the queue or chunnering about their life story in the loo. Oasis, the Stone Roses, the Charlatans and Mega Mate. The Smiths, James and so many others that are great. Paul Heaton, Ian Curtis, Peter Rook, take a bow. And don't forget we also know how to have a fucking row. Round our way there's a light that never goes out. Richard Ashcroft, Pulp, the Beatles with twist and shout. If you stepped out of line as a kid, your ears will get a clout. Mop it all up with bread and butter if you're ever in doubt. I wear my northern badge with honour and I stand mighty and I stand tall alongside comedy icons like Ken Dodd, Carolina Hearn and Cannon and Ball. I say hey up at the start and Sarah at the end of a call and I leave my big coat at home even though the temperature might fall. We drink Lucasade if we're ever poorly. We've got towns like Skipton, Kendall, Berry and Chorley, the Lake District, Peak District, the Yorkshire Dales too, scraps from the chippy and belting pie shops, we've got a few. We've got Jessica Ennis Hill and Marcus Rashford. Connection and good times give us so much more than cash could. We're not flash, just confidently kind round my neck of the wood. Hold doors open and give up chairs as my old man says you should. Our kid could be your brother, he could also be your mate. When we're gagging for a drink to end up in any state. We've got Northern Soul, which is cool as fuck, dancing on talky floors from Stoke-on-Trent to Blackpool Mecca or through Wigan Casino's doors. We brought the world Vimto. Billy Elliot, Danger Mouse as well. Love arts. The sweets, not the kind that made you dance your tits off and your eyes proper swell. Kellogg's Cornflakes, Acid House, Marks and Spencer and Beacon Fell. People of our region have gone down in history. The first computer, the football and rugby league and the whole light switch mystery. Arctic Monkeys, Shed 7. A guy called Gerald and, and people with one night in heaven. Bombs, oven bottoms, tea cakes. For this, we're forever having a pole. But one thing it's not up here is a fucking bread roll. We call our dinner RT and that's 5pm on the dot. The terms love, cock and pet are endearing. Certainly sexist, they're not. Whether we wear our top button done up as a statement of fashion or we've packed the dance floors at the Hacienda, the Syndicate, Wigan Pier or Tall Trees with passion. One thing that will always, always keep our feet firmly on the ground is that most people you meet are usually fucking sound. Thank you. Uh, yeah, get me on Instagram uh, at Parker Words. I've got a Facebook page, which is Parker Book, uh, Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter actually, so you're probably best swerving that. Nice one. Enjoying what you see so far? Make sure you head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash rec rooms, and hit that subscribe and bell button. We're putting out new live sessions of podcasts every week for you to discover new artists.
If you're out and about, you can also subscribe and listen to all our podcasts in all good podcasting places. We've just opened our brand new merch store over at Etsy.com. You can buy yourself some delightful Kicking Back Podcast t-shirts, jumpers, mugs, stickers, and much more. We're going to be keeping this store up to date with new merch all the time. So head on down to Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash rec rooms to get yourself some sweet, sweet new threads. Anyway, that's enough from me. Time to get on with the show. See you in a sec. I really, really enjoyed that. Thanks, thanks. That man. definitely yeah, thanks that resonated. Yeah, <laughs> it's just fucking awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like I've never heard. It's the same uh, when we had Johnny Lindsay on. I think he's the first guy that I'd heard kind of do this stuff. I was like, this is fucking awesome, man. Because, <laughs> like, you know, I'm 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 from Manchester. You know, I was born in Bury, and like, you know, I've always kind of had a. I've never really connected with that part of my identity and then like just listening to you guys and um we had who do we have we had john do you know john ellis oh yeah uh from the from the yard from through uh, yeah. the yard yeah we had him on the other week and he he was telling me that loads of these different artists like this manchester artists i went and like researched them all olden tinkers was one so that's that blue oh, yeah. album up there oh, right, yeah. i listened yeah. to it i was like this is fucking awesome just like proper northern like bunch of like three eight-year-old like northern blokes just talking about like manchester hills and all this shit i was like this is fucking great man <laughs> and you're part of that pack bro it's like yeah, the, oh, nice. it's, it's the northern northern pride northern, I, I, I'm, northern I'm, allegiance was there, i like it yeah. man i really really dig it so you i know. think we get put down a lot definitely in, man. obviously with, with the, the powers that be and, and the, the narrative that, that, that exists yeah with northern people and you know how we're to blame for lots of things yeah uh, when actually you know fucking mint yeah and you know unless arguably we do more and that's something to be proud of you know yes yeah. that's, that's part of what you know galvanized me to write that to be northern poem and at, at proper manchester the, the the page you know the social media page yeah. Manchester. yeah yeah they shared to be northern and it got like nearly a million views on their on their uh social on their facebook page yeah and that's what took, lifted me out of blackpool really and recorded myself in my living room with no pants on turned into people <laughs> actually yeah. wanted to hear what i had to yeah. say and yeah, and, yeah, and made yeah. i've made some unbelievable mates and yeah. connections along the way you know um had opportunities that I never would have, that I never would have had the keys for those doors opening. And, yeah. And that, just that simple act of, of them sharing that poem, you know, lifted, like I say, out of Blackpool to become a North West spoken artist and mm. not just a lad from Blackpool. Who, you know, I did, a few, I did a few poems about a club called The Syndicate in Blackpool and, and that got loads of traction locally. But anyone outside of Blackpool, don't know anything on about, mate. Yeah, yeah. But, to be another one lifted me out of, 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 of that sort of realm and, and, and opened me up to, to, to other people and, and that has completely transformed uh, my yeah, my life really yeah, no, yeah. I didn't want to like overstate it but it's transformed my life because I'm performing you know in, in Manchester or, or in different places now which I just never would have been open to yeah 
and you fucking own it, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so like relatively, good. like it, it seems like. Well, you say you're fairly new to it, but like it doesn't mm. doesn't come across, man. It's no. just like you you just you've definitely it's that thing of like being genuine. Do you know what I mean? It definitely is completely 100 percent genuine. I think that's what's so attractive about it. And nah, it's just like yeah, yeah, it's it's great, man. Yeah, follow, following on from that, like, um, did you find that that kind of performance style like? came naturally to like from your first show you because uh, I, I i feel like the like with johnny as well when he was on and i've not seen a lot of that style poetry before but like we keep calling it like northern poetry is, is that like is it like a genre like would you say within its own right or has no one really labeled so it yet there's, a, there's well there's, there's quite a lot of hashtags of yeah. northern poets northern poetry yeah, exactly, so yeah. i guess i guess you call that yeah I, I think it does seem to be an element of similarity yeah doesn't matter what you're talking about mm. but across no- poets from the north where you connect oh yeah you're similar to him even though yeah. you talk about two different things yeah yeah definitely but, you know you might have two yeah. different delivery styles i don't yeah. know whether it's the accent i don't know whether it's the the raw the raw nature of it yeah or like authenticity yeah. it's or... also like the kind of melody like the which obviously goes hand in hand with the accent but there is definitely like a northern melody to like the extending poetry, the it? end of the, yeah the the, the, there's all I those mean, little that, things that, yeah that's my blackpool accent yeah. really lends <laughs> itself yeah, to it's that just, yeah. but that the end of the sentences yeah. seems to kind of be, yeah be quite similar as well yeah. but you know I, I guess there'll be poets from the north who say actually i don't associate with, mm. with that kind of style of poetry i think it's a little bit more i'm a bit more this kind of way but yeah i mean i would have no problem being chucked in with you know johnny and, and all, all the rest of the people yeah. North who yeah don't really give a fuck yeah. i think that's what i love about it yeah. man it's not it's you know it's yeah. not flowery it's there's no like fucking bullshit it's just like fucking straight at it like just here here it fucking is like take it or leave it this is what i think yeah, yeah. and i love that and like you know it's not I know we talked about it before, but like poetry is something I never like really connected with before. And then hearing this stuff, I'm like, this is fucking awesome, like, <laughs> and it's so inspiring. Like you know, like so, but, like I've just started like writing poetry and stuff now, just because like, just because yeah, just, just why not? Yeah, yeah. 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 Didn't have to be for anything, or no. do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great, man. I don't yeah. think what you're doing is is fucking awesome. Yeah, I am new to it. I'm loving it. You know, I'm embracing. The opportunity, and I think 34 now, I've got two kids, so it's not like um, the, the kind of nipping off to different places to do gigs every night Yeah, isn't possible. Mm. So when I do get the chance to, to, to fly over to Manchester and, and do a live performance, you know, I was with the, the saying, which is a night saying. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. And, and Dan and Gianna, who, who pulled that together, fucking unbelievable, eclectic mix of, of, of rappers, MCs, poets storytellers and that was where that that was where i got my, my my breakthrough my first performance yeah and the reception i got there made me think similar to getting shortlisted for the award for the book made me think fuck i i am a spoken artist i didn't have it in my bio for ages mm. i kept it out mm. same way i kept author out for ages because i just thought i'm gonna get found out <laughs> I'm not. I'm so not really that. Yeah. And then yeah. get by getting the reception that I got, and yeah. Like, oh no, actually, yeah, you, you are this thing, and um. So I appreciate every opportunity that because I know what the alternative is. Yeah. Of yeah. Of, of of being like I say, I've, I've loved my job. I love my job. I love my job, and but but 
that Monday to Friday, salary based, you know, doing the, the work that's instructed by somebody else, that's instructed by somebody else, yeah. that's based on certain key, key performance indicators or outcomes all the time. It's great, but mm. there's no creative license there. So yeah. being able to exercise that and then being able to do it with people, with other creatives. Mm. Never saw myself as a creative in my 20s. Mm. Now I can't get enough of being a creative and yeah. you know chatting to other creatives and yeah. let's you know let's make something let's do something let's collaborate on something mm-hmm. it's fucking mint yeah that's great man yeah. I, I always like wonder this as well because obviously like, I, like, I surround myself with like creative people now i'm like surely everyone must have a, a little bit of a need do you know what i mean to like to, to want to do something even if they, like i said like they don't necessarily know that they want to do it but like, surely like because it is so therapeutic and it is oh, so like yeah. you know rewarding and all that it's like and I always just wonder, like, the people that aren't being given the opportunity or, like, you know, aren't being told, that, oh, you can't do that because you you, yeah. you don't have this skill set or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, they're missing out on a huge part Massive. of being a human being. Massively, yeah. I think, for me, there was a lot of a lot of letting go that needed to happen. Yeah. To embrace and commit to the moment and let go of these, like, inhibitions that I had about not making yourself look a dick. You know, or, 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 or yeah. suggesting something that's, yeah. that's that's stupid or not good enough or not mm. creative enough or not mm-hmm. you know, edgy enough or all these kind of things. Just like, so there was a lot of letting go that I needed to do and just kind of committing to the moment and just fuck it. And it's like performing like that. I'm becoming more and more confident and comfortable just going, bang, right, commit to the moment instead of being like, oh, there's cameras there or, oh, there's some people that I don't know. You know, yeah, yeah. just style it out but by styling it out you try and you make you look more awkward so yeah really committing to the moment yeah. and letting go of kind of preconceived ideas of what i am yeah as as, as a yeah. 34 year old lad yeah. from blackpool yeah. you know yeah because they're just ideas aren't they that's it like you hardly know they're they're the right ideas no, anyway yeah. No. So it's, it's, yeah there's a load of stigma that comes with being from blackpool you know blackpool gets Beating over the head so much. Oh, I wish I'd have been in Blackpool. Next time. Next time. Next time. I'll do it next time. Next time. All right. I do really want to get the saying lot on. Yeah. Uh, I would, I've got this idea of like just getting getting them in and having like four or five different like spoken word artists. And then someone come in, chat to them for 10 minutes, or yeah. another one, just have like a bit of a conveyor belt of, of yeah. stuff. Some unbelievable, talented people. Mm. There is who, one. Who just haven't been given the stage that, yeah. that that community gives you the stage it gives you the opportunity and i, I think I'm, I'm probably more from i was more sports than creatives right so grow, growing up football and, and, and sports was always my thing and it's i always just assumed that every sector would be competing to be the best yeah like it is in sport yeah yeah but what i found with this Creative, but and it might be just I feel unlucky. It mm. might be really ruthless, and I imagine it is ruthless in some corners. But everyone wants everyone wants you to do well. Yeah, definitely, everyone wants man. you to do well, and it's not a competition to see who's the best because everyone's different, and that's what's beautiful about it. So mm. I, I felt that really strongly at Saint that they were willing me to do well, and I just mm. I felt it. It like lifted yeah. me up on the stage, yeah, and I thought, yeah, this is this is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
Skittles is your man. I know. I was trying to, it's hard to nail him down. <laughs> <laughs> but we will get him yeah. on, man. We will. Yeah. Um, I'll, if, if I speak to Dan or, or anyone. Yeah, definitely do, man. Weeks, I'd love to get him on. They are, yeah, class. Really, really good group of raw creatives. Fucking well talented. Definitely, man. Yeah. Have you got any um, events or anything coming up? That... Yeah, so on Thursday, oh, I'm going to leave the air quotes down here and say, got my first headline nice. gig. Right there, yeah. right <laughs> fucking there. Whereabouts? So it's at Bootleg in Blackpool, which is a really, really cool venue in, in Blackpool. Actually. Right. Mm. We've got so many great things. We just get such shit press everywhere you go. It does, man. And, you know, just little quirky indie venues like Bootleg have had such good acts on, you know, yeah. up and coming um, music acts or, or, or different artists and stuff. So I've, um, I went to school with the lad who owns Bootleg. So oh, nice. I kind of just went, got this idea. <laughs> and he went, fucking let's do it. Yeah. So mm. me, and, me and one of my pals have teamed up on, on this night and he's going to DJ and, We've got some poets coming over to 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 be support acts, and then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna headline that baby. Sweet man, so that's on Thursday. Thursday yeah. in Blackpool, yeah. So if anyone is in the Blackpool area and wants to check out some, a few tickets left. Who Not else, many though. Who else is doing it? Uh, so we've got Leon the Pig Farmer. I've heard of Leon. Leon's I've seen top some bits of his good farm. Leon the Pig Farmer. We've got Amy Harris. We've got Anthony Briscoe, Johnny Lindsay, famous nice. Johnny yes. Lindsay. Yes. Uh, and also Ruth Cockburn, who is a comedian slash singer slash poet. So okay. I basically just said to Ruth, do whatever you want. I think she's going to do poetry, but she's fucking piss funny as well. So right. uh, she's like performed at Edinburgh Fringe and stuff. So we've got a really good mix of, of acts. And, you know, when Rob and myself created this concept of, could we do a night where you DJ in between acts and stuff like that? And, and you know, people are saying, oh, yeah, you can't do that in Blackpool. And I'm like, just fucking watch. <laughs> just watch. Wait till Thursday, mate, because it's going to be mint. Uh, so, yeah, we're really buzzed for it. Sick, buzzed for it. Sold. I think we've sold, like, close to 100 tickets. Awesome. People on the door and stuff. So, hopefully, we'll get a good atmosphere in there. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, so I've got that. I've got um, I've got a few other bits and pieces, actually, Doing, uh, featuring on the a, a night called Moetry, which is a London-based poetry collective, but they come to Manchester every now and again and do do a Manchester gig. So, oh, right, okay. so I'm going to do I'm going to we're going to feature on that. Uh, that's mid-November and third uh, of third of December. I've got a, a gig, which is Nathan Parker and Friends at Northern Lights in uh, Ancoats. It's actually oh, a florist. Okay. Well, it's yeah. a florist and homeware emporium. How did you end up so doing again, that? You know, uh, the poem I mentioned before. Yeah. That Proper Manchester shared. Yeah, and then that yeah. kind of uh, connected with who I now consider a really good pal of mine, Lenny from Northern Lights Home. And it's he's a really cool guy, got a florist. Uh, but in August, we converted the florist into a really cool, spe- like acoustic type space okay. and we did a, a wine and cheese night and people bought tickets and it was unlimited wine and cheese and i did spoken word throughout the evening so i did like three slots throughout the evening right okay and 
it and we had a bit of music on in between and stuff like that and it was killer absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant so we're, we're, we're running it again with a little bit more to it Sick. friday 3rd of december ancoats that's where it's going to be going down put it in it's your diaries be, uh, people and again some more uh, you know other spoken artists coming along and, and supporting um so there's going to be some some top quality action going down in ancoats that Cold yeah. <laughs> nice man. I can see becoming like Manchester spokesperson. So it's like, well, like, well, like I, yeah, I, I appreciate that, mate. Yeah, um, I'll start with Blackpool and see. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. I don't want to step yeah. on toes yeah. over here, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, and then I've got a couple of gigs in December. A couple of, uh, supporting a band called the Parker Monkeys. They're a cover band, but they're fucking mint. They do like an indie disco live. Absolutely, mate. All your tunes that you want from a, a night out. And right, okay. Arctic Monkeys, Oasis, Stone Roses, all fucking brilliant. And then, so I'm, I'm supporting them in Preston and in Blackpool in Friday, Saturday. So a little West Lancashire tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. Next, next stop, Glasgow. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then on the 18th, I'm, uh, I'm back at, I'm at Blackpool Tower doing a gig there. Oh, nice. Yeah, supporting. Uh, the band All Right that I mentioned we collaborated on the yeah, song before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a yeah. gig at Blackpool Tower. They're being supported by Columbia. The Columbia like no. upcoming indie band as well. I think from Liverpool. Okay. And uh, a couple of other bands and I'm going to go on and do a bit there as well. So quite, quite a busy couple of months. Yeah, there, man. You're yeah, a busy boy. Yeah. Busy boy. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the books that you wrote. Oh, yeah. The Granville? Granville series. Yeah. Right. What are they about? about so uh granville is a forgotten seaside town i've never even heard of it so it's definitely forgotten yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. based loosely on a town you might know called blackpool (laughs) Uh, so granville is a forgotten seaside town it's overrun with poverty crime drugs and there is a drug kingpin that basically rules the underworld of that town. Right. Okay. And the story follows a young lad called Tommy. And the first book is called The Disappearance of Timothy Dawson. Timothy Dawson being Tommy's dad. Right. Tommy's believed for his whole life since he was two that his dad walked out on him. Uh, and he was left to kind of fend for himself, living with his mum and brother who are heroin addicts. Right. And... Yeah, information comes to light that maybe his dad's disappearance wasn't all it seemed and him and his sidekick, Kirsten, go on unpicking that thread and it takes you into the like darkest corners of the town and reveals this disturbing underbelly. Ooh. And then the, the, the second book is The Rise of the Chemist, which is the follow-on. Right. It's kind of a new storyline, but same, you know, yeah. uh, overarching story around it. Yeah. Uh, so the drug kingpin is called smiler right and tommy and smiler's feud is you know flared up in the first book but the second book is about tommy uh finding himself catapulted into the middle of trouble again which is there's a new synthetic drug called charge which is uh teenagers rodine on basically right and uh, uh tommy finds himself right in the middle of that and uh yeah Kind of nice, all about right? that unfolding, yeah. really. And, and what 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 sparks you to like write those books? So, I think I had it. I think I had this particular story 
in me somewhere. Yeah. And I was at a, I was at like a, a workshop at the Grand Theatre in Blackpool, which is to do my other job, you know, my youth work job. Yeah. It's all about building resilience through creative arts. And the last five minutes, they just said, we want you to focus on you for five minutes and just write a creative pledge to yourself for 2017 at Lubin. So I wrote, people saying, I'm going to take dancing lessons, I'm going to learn how to play the piano, and I'm going to write a short story. Then they made us stand up and tell everybody, then revealed that we were X amount more likely to do it if we told people. So I was like, right, you fucking stitched me up there. I told all these people that I'm going to write a story. And I thought, no, fuck it, actually. You, you, you've, you've meddled around with this idea of wanting to create something for a while. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid and I read, uh, I remember reading, I, I, I used this as my opening gambit when I'd go to schools and say, I'll never forget that first book that I read independently. You know, I'd love to stand here and say it was one of the classics like Lord of the Flies or Of Mice and Men. Mm. Or, but unfortunately, it wasn't. It was Goosebumps. And, you know, like, I had nothing more I lived for part. that book. Man. Yeah. The little bumpy cover and that. Yeah. Phantom in the Auditorium. And I was like, I want to fucking create that. I want to do to somebody else, what, what that book has just done to me. Yeah, and obviously yeah. I was 10. This was pre-war Brecht, which was the old boys school that I referenced before. And, you know, you just lose that spark. You know, yeah. survival takes over and kind of get more involved in different things and that kind of slipped. So when I was presented with this opportunity, I was like, oh, you twisted my arm. I'm going to have to write this story now. I think there's part of it that was like, wait, been waiting for this opportunity. Yeah. And then... I had certain things that I wanted to, I wanted to write about. I wanted to, to, to talk about, you know, growing up, my brother, my brother's a recovering heroin addict. So growing up was tricky. Yeah. You know, we've got, we've got, a, we had a great relationship. We've got a great relationship. There was a middle period where that was difficult, you know, living at home with him whilst he was going through a lot of stuff, you yeah. know, withdrawing one minute back, back, got missing the next prison rehab all that kind of stuff. And I kind of wanted to write about that, but without writing about it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. You, you reference there that Tommy's older brother was a heroin addict. So a lot of my influence, like Tommy's not me and Derek's not my brother, but the relationship that they've got is mm. scarily accurate yeah. to the relationship that me yeah. and my brother have had over the years. And mm. there was just certain things that I wanted to write about. And I just created these characters in this story where I could write about real things and hide behind fiction. Right, okay. And I guess yeah. that's where this idea of using your lived experience in your writing okay, can, can, be, can be really powerful and it can be really effective because I kind of accidentally bumbled through it and started chatting to someone about self-publishing and, and or, or publishing and said, oh, did you know you can self-publish? No, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, Amazon do it. Ooh. Amazon, <laughs> ooh. Yeah, like, yeah, it, that, it was back when Amazon were all right, before, yeah. you know, you realised all the out. kind of unethical shit that goes on. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a poor independent author. <laughs> uh, so I did it. I fucking uploaded my manuscript, created a front cover, which was a picture that my neighbour took and just said, Is it, can I use that? Right. I saw it. I was like, that's the front cover of it. Yeah, and, yeah. Self-published, got my mum a copy, as I said I would, and yeah, people started buying it. And the rest history. Are, are you gonna 
Is there any more in the Granville series? It's three quarters think? of the third one. Oh, you've, uh, you've started writing it then? I started yeah, yeah. it a while ago. Okay, yeah. But since baby number two came along. Of course. That's what I was saying before about that instant gratification of poetry. I'm yeah. getting what I need from that in terms of therapeutic processes, you know, connection with other people. Yeah. But I really don't want to lose what I've created and, and sounds a little bit weird saying this, but there is a few people that have read and invested in book one and two and, and it needs finishing. So Definitely I am yeah, going to yeah. finish it. I just yeah. need to find the time to finish time, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a couple of people mm. reading three quarters of it at the minute. Okay. Like, if I put that out, if I put it out and they give me feedback, that, that will make me go, oh, right, okay, right, I need to finish it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Man. He says. <laughs> you don't want a whole Game of Thrones thing, though, when no, someone starts no, making yeah. a series of it and you're, like, no, catching yeah. up. Oh, <laughs> what a shit ending. That yeah, was, that was terrible. Yeah, wasn't it? Like I, I, yeah I, I've been watching um, Gogglebox recently, like, some older ones, and it, like, got to the series of that, and yeah. it was, like, just, like, coming back to, like, an, an old nightmare <laughs> or something. I was just like, oh, <laughs> just, All like, that time. Oh, that time. Years. Wasted, man. <laughs> I, know, I, I read an article about uh, classic series, you know, and mm. people are saying that the the scale of just how shit Game of Thrones <laughs> ending was can be can, can be found in the yeah. fact that nobody talks about Game of Thrones. It's as true, being man. A, yeah. a greatest greatest ever series. Yeah. yeah, because it was fucking brilliant up yeah. until that last bit. Yeah. And that, and that's just written everything off. Yeah. yeah, I remember when it happened, and then people were like, "Right, well, if we like petition, maybe they could refilm it and then yeah. sort it out." Yeah. I was like, "It's so, done. Man. <laughs> no, it's let dead. It, let it go. Yeah. Let it go." <laughs> well, that's man. how much people invested in it. Yeah, yeah, I spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. Read the books, you know. Is Have you still read the books? Oh yeah, yeah. Jeez, I tried. I I read half the first one. Yeah, and, and they the, were great. But they're pretty dense though. Well, thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thick. well thick. Well thick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he dead yet? I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, Do you know what I mean? George, George R. R. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, what a weird way to sort of mask your inner perverse nature mm. to write about yeah. kind of all the weird shit that he wrote about. Yeah. Because you've got to be drawing from something. Yeah. But then everyone you know likes I mean? it as well, which also kind of says something, doesn't it? Yeah, everyone, no, like, yeah. Everyone super loves all the, the Yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. like, yeah, there's loads of weird sex things in there. I know, but the storyline's great. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'll just bypass that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. get past it is that. Juicy yeah. Yeah. It's good, man. I was going to ask you, like, so you know, obviously, you were talking about your, your poetry writing process and stuff. Is it is it like a similar thing when you're writing the book, like, or like how how do you sort of go from like the concept of the book into like actually starting to slog away? Yeah, at I it? think it's a little bit more thorough. Yeah. No, no, that's not the right word. It's a little bit more drawn out. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it takes a little bit more to, to, to plan out. Like, empty in my head and then piece it together for a poem is like, don't know, it's like you can see it all in the one shot, whereas with a book, yeah. it's like, you can't see it all because you have to turn your head to look mm-hmm. at, at the start and then the end. So I kind of just develop checkpoints and right, then build okay. detail around those checkpoints, try and make sure that I'm creating tension. With the chat, I try and follow the same pattern within each chapter, which is create a bit of tension and then finish with a little little something. Right, give, okay. Give the give the reader some kind of progress. So each chapter 
is a, is a step in the story and you build towards whatever that might be and at the end there's almost like a and this is the this is the bit of story development there's a bit of this nugget. chapter yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so you move on it's like you're almost nudging it along so i try and build checkpoints so yeah. I, it's not the most technical method but oh, that's kind of what kind of what yeah. i do yeah, uh, and yeah i think i struggle because you get there's people out there saying right you know in order to be a writer you need to write every day and you need to just not 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 you just get through your first draft and you know get it done and yeah. i was saying before weren't i like you know progress not perfection and all yeah that. yeah but fucking writing a book right <laughs> i can't get past the paragraph unless yeah. it reads okay okay so i'll kind of go back a couple of paragraphs and read through and be like oh that's something like that and i'll spend a little bit of time so it is a little bit stop start for me yeah i can't say that i get there. if i get two hours i'll just you know bash out a few chapters i might battle through one chapter mm. but then i guess the editing process is slightly easier but yeah uh, yeah so it's a little bit tricky for me because for some reason i have this overwhelming desire to to fix what i've written before i can move on mm. that makes yeah. sense though man yeah. it's like you know you, you're finding like a river like you know you find the flow you know getting rid of the blockages and well, it. where's it where's yeah. it going to next you know yeah. that definitely makes sense and you know if, if that process works for you man fucking go for it man yeah, fuck what it's, it's else so far, like i say the second book got shortlisted for adventure novel so it's the first ever self-published author to make the shortlist right okay. there's a long list as with everything there's a long list of 70 80 books and then young people read them and they vote and there's a matrix and at the top 10 get announced as a shortlist and then announce the winner so i was the first ever self-published author to, to to get on the shortlist and then i submitted my they approached me and said do you want to submit your sequel I said, oh, it's a sequel though and i said we've had sequels before fuck it what's there to lose yeah submitted that and that got shortlisted as well which is pretty fucking yeah, crazy really. there's no publisher there's no publisher no marketing team no editor no anything yeah. it's just me yeah. so i'm pretty pretty proud of that yeah, i mean philip uh philip pullman won the first ever lancashire book of the year in, oh, okay. in 1987 so it's it's not like a you know school award or something you know, it's, it's got a bit of clout it's got a bit of clout yeah yeah, really. yeah. and not many authors from lancashire actually actually make their way onto the shortlist so right. that was another bonus prize as well so yeah, nice one pretty proud of that yeah mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna read these books bro. Nice. I mean, it's just, nice i'm a scathing yeah. review yeah. afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, i have had so i've had a one i've had a couple of one stars most most great but i think when you've got when you've got the mind i seem to have you remember the the, the, the one star yeah but everything gets that yeah. That would just be your rivals. She, <laughs> well, she described it as painful to get right. Ooh. Thought, when you say she. Yeah, because it was. Who was it? The, I can't remember her name. You can't remember. Oh, you should call her. Was she called Karen? <laughs> I remember. Her, I can't remember her name, but I remember her address, if that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought it was right in the middle of all the bullshit you know that was going on with covid and the pandemic yeah, and businesses yeah, yeah. going bust and people losing their lives and mm. i just thought god you know i i thought i'm really sorry that, that that you know with everything else going on in the world that, that my book has created so much pain in your life yeah. you know <laughs> uh, but i'm starting to 
I'm starting to recognise that it's the reader's privilege to write and say what they want about the book. They've bought mm. it, they've read it, and they can say whatever they want. It's, yeah. there, it's there. That's their experience, mm. and that's just a, something as an author you're going to have to kind of carry. And mm. uh, there's so many more positive ones to, to to focus on, or not even. It's not even the positive ones really. It's the it's the it's the useful ones. It's mm. the ones that have, that offer offer critique. Mm. That that's helpful. That can help you improve or whatever. Yeah. So for someone to just say it was painful is can't really do much with yeah. that other yeah. than say, yeah. "Sorry about that." You know. Yeah. Uh, hope you're all right. Yeah. Hope you and your cats are all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes I've shown people what, what, like something where I was like, "I'm convinced it's one of the best things ever," and they've just like not got it. They just go, like, oh, "This kind of sucks." And then so you think like, "All right, well, what hope does anyone have then?" Yeah. So you, there's no point taking anything like that. No. Seriously, no. That, you know, it's yeah. To some people, be course, yeah. I think it's a lot of people have their own things going on and, mm. and writing a review is maybe a one way of making somebody feel a little bit yeah. better or so, whatever. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah, man. I definitely think I've started doing it more now. It's like if I think something is good or like I'm you know, moved by something, it's like I, I make sure that I say something to that person. Yeah, or, yeah, do you know what I mean? I because that, because I, I always, you always think that, but it's like whenever it, lands on you and someone says that it's such like a, a lift it or a, and yeah. it's like you know it's so important to like because everyone experiences self-doubt about their own creative yeah. endeavors everyone does so it's i think it's just so important to just be like you're fucking nailing this yeah, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's my 20 pence exactly it's man. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Man. it means so much isn't it? when you get it from someone else i always try and be really like open about that yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah i had that earlier on like a, a friend of mine um Message me just said, oh, I, I, I was going through your Instagram earlier and, and I, I didn't realize you post all this stuff and it's beautiful and whatever. And I, it was only because I saw that message, I was I was like filled with self doubt at that point. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna fucking shit like you're in. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not doing anything good. And I was like, oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. so yeah, it's, it's important. We all need it, man. Yeah, we do. all need do, it. Do. Yeah. Hmm. Right, Nathan, I think we'll wrap this bad boy up. It's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. It's been, it's been great, man. So tell the people at home one more time where they can find your stuff online. Uh, best place is probably Instagram, at Parker Words. Probably most active on Instagram. I do have a Facebook page as well, which is Parker Book. Or I've got a LinkedIn, Nathan Parker, if anyone's that way inclined, you know, looking at workshops or anything school, college, community-based. Yeah hit me up but yeah instagram probably the best place yeah most active on there but ashamedly my screen time is, is through the roof and mostly instagram so <laughs> yeah kind of like well you know it's working it you know justifying it to myself yeah we'll do that man. Yeah. but yeah instagram hit him up man hit him up people Definitely. he's doing some wonderful things he's got some great events coming up as well where are we george keep flicking between these two things we're there we're there so yeah so go and check out nathan's stuff He's an absolute bloody genius. I do have one more question for you, sir. Um, if you could sum this podcast up in three words, what would it be? Don't think about it too much. Just three words. Welcoming. Nice. Empowering. Ooh. A joy. 
We'll take our joy as well. <laughs> our, our, our dash joy. Yeah, yeah, you can put that. Joyful, <laughs> joyful. So, yeah. what, what, so that was welcoming, welcoming, empowering, empowering joyful. joyful. That's lovely, man. Yeah. Thank you very much for that, yeah. Matt. I'd go uh, authentic and inspiring. That's what I thought. Um, how how can I do it in three words? I got right. I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Fucking great as one, <laughs> northern as my second one, and clout. Fucking great, northern clout. Bang. There you go. So, <laughs> so I've just got the task when I heard yours. Yeah. I thought you meant like your podcast, your setup, uh, not no, meant, the individual episode. Yeah. So if it sounds like I was being like really egotistical about it, yes, this podcast no, is so man. fucking empowering. <laughs> you know, I thought you meant your setup. That's why I was saying it's welcoming, oh, thanks, it's empowering, man. and it's yeah. been joyful. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, if you want to, if, <laughs> if you want to change it, I, I really enjoyed yeah. those yeah, three words. Awesome. It's perfect. Well, thank you very much for yeah. coming thank on again, yeah, man. It's been man. a real yeah. pleasure. Um, all the people at home, what camera are we on, George? All the people at home, subscribe to us on YouTube. We've got different creatives coming on every week. Uh, this month, we're doing a four-episode mental health special we're going to speak into psychologists mindfulness teachers all sorts of people so keep your eyes open for that this podcast episode is going to be up in the in the podcast sphere wherever the hell that is pretty much straight away so i hope if you're listening to this in the future that you've had a lovely day evening wherever you are and uh, we'll be back again next week with the wonderful guy connor who's a very close friend of mine and uh, a very wise wise man so uh, enjoy your day, wherever you are. And thank you once again for having Nathan on the show. And thank you again, Matt. And thank you, George, at the back. You did good, man. You did good. Okay, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to catch up on new episodes every week. Also, check us out on our Facebook and Instagram at RecRooms where you can find out about our other exciting music series. We also have this and all our other episodes of the podcast up on our Rec Rooms YouTube channel for your viewing pleasure. See you next time.